What if you had a guide who could tell you how to bridge a gap between who you are today and who you're destined to be? What if each week you could hear a story of someone who has tried and succeeded, or perhaps tried and failed, but learned something in the process? Limitless Spirit is a weekly podcast where host Helen Todd interviews guests about topics and personal stories on defining life's purpose, pursuing personal growth, and developing a deeper faith in Christ. But the Lord, know he knew I needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just know it because warfare started. Literally, I lost everything. It was not long after 911 hit and we got the call, hey, we're going to be mobilized. And I didn't know if I was going to Iraq. And I remember I got in like a little spat with my then wife. And she says, by the way, hey, I, got, I filed for a divorce. And I was just like two weeks before I was supposed to leave. I literally, I lost everything. My, my guns were stolen. My two dogs got sick. The job I had at the pharmaceutical, they all of a sudden said, well, we're going to let you go. Even my stock, it was, they were cooking the books on my stock. It dropped overnight and a half. It, it was, so I got hit with some stuff. At one point, I was homeless. But I was so basking in his presence, it didn't bother me. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Todd. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus reminds us that we will have trouble in this world, but he encourages us to take heart because he has overcome the world. My guest on this episode is Tony Stevens, whose story shows us that we can have peace in Christ even when we go through trials. Tony was raised in church but dealt with anger and bitterness after losing both of his parents at a young age. But after deciding to return to church as an adult in a rocky marriage, he was encountered by God and baptized in the Holy Spirit. His trials wouldn't end there, but would only get worse. Just before being sent to Iraq in special forces after 9-1-1, Tony lost his job, his wife filed for divorce, and he was homeless for a period of time. Learning how to deal with adversity, Tony discovered a practice that transformed his life. You will hear his entire story in this episode of the Limitless Spirit podcast. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How about yourself? We have a lot of rain for days oh. and days. <laughs> And oh. I know nature needs it, but I'm ready for yeah. some sunshine. <laughs> well, we, we need it down here in San Antonio. We're in a drought. so Okay, I'm sending it your way. We Let take it, it all go cool. to San Antonio. Yeah. You guys tend to get it. It's pretty green up there. It's really nice. Yes. Really, yeah, it's really yes. nice. Yeah, we'll take it. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about your story, Tony. I... Um, know you mostly through the words of my husband who got to spend some time with you on a mission trip to Nepal. And so I'm excited to find out more about you and about your story. I always think that um, there is, when we take time to ask people questions about their lives, and especially if their lives are connected with Jesus, we get to find out some amazing facts about God. We get to learn more about God through the stories of others. And this is this is kind of the idea behind uh, the series that we're doing on the podcast, Changed Lives, Change Lives, because it's um, 
really the principle of eternity. Once God changes your life, you pass it on to someone else, and that builds the kingdom of God and perpetuates God's plan. So let's talk about your experience with God. How did you come to know Jesus? Um, I came um, at an early age. I, 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 you know, I came from a church Baptist background, and we church was was not going to church was an option. My sister and I, we we were uh, both adopted. We remember the day when it happened. Well, we were really adopted. Our non biological grandmother took us in and as a guardian, and we and it was pretty traumatic how everything unfolded. And so at that point, my I call her my grandmother. She she was a church going lady, and uh, she was on fire, and she would take us to church. And I remember one day, she would said something that um, uh, she says that boy's gonna be a preacher one day. And I says, no, I ain't gonna be no preacher. So I was a young kid, didn't know any better. But I get I accepted the Lord back then. But I because of my the brokenness of my my family, I kind of went off the reservation basically. And so I had a lot of anger or discontent because both of my parents died at an early age and didn't have anybody to really didn't have that, that nurturing part. I missed the nur- I never got the nurturing of a mother or a father. It was my what father was around. your parents, Tony? My, my mother died uh, at an early age. She was 33 and I was, I think I was nine. I had her maybe I had a total, maybe four years. Saw her once, one time before she died and, um, and I wasn't even, I went to the funeral. It wasn't even, I don't know to today what her, what she died of. They won't tell me. Uh, I'm going to find out one day, but it was a closed casket. So, so that's, that's what it was. They took guard, they took us away. And then my father was around and he wasn't run, around, if you know what I mean. So at one point he decided he wanted to attempt to be a father. And so I think for a period of four years, four or five years, he was, he, he took, he took my, my sister and I, but it was really, abusive he was a vietnam veteran heavy drinker really a lot of a lot of ptsd looking back and it was really unstable and so at the age of 16 i left home i was still in high school and i went to a big city of detroit and i got a room and i was living off social security and in high school and no one knew i just was the average guy never fit in but little did i know there were those prayers i'm a product of somebody praying for me I'm going to tell you that right now. Somebody was praying for me because I should have been dead several times. And so it got to a point where I started drinking pretty hard. And I realized it was I was under a curse and I was trying to drown out the um, pain. My anger turned to bitterness and I didn't even know it. So it, it's just it, it literally if you don't deal with notice the anger, it literally can years will turn to bitterness and it's a part of you. And so at one point, as I get older, you know, I, I kept, I still, I didn't go do the crazy stuff, but I was, I was out there. I uh, wasn't saved, obviously, but I knew of God, but I wasn't saved. So, I, well, I was saved, but I wasn't walking with, I mean, I was. You didn't have an encounter with him. No, I did not. I would talk to him every now and then when I was upset, but I didn't have any relationship. And I, if I, and I knew whenever I see a lightning storm, I would be scared because I knew I was going to go to hell. <laughs> so that was the fear of it, not not knowing. And so at one point, it got to a point where I remember I was working for a pharmaceutical company up in Michigan, and uh, that's where I'm from. And then I remember, turns out my sister had been praying for me for 20 years, and she did. She told me later. And so 
but it was another lady. I know she was praying for me at one time and she, and I was, it was God brings you to a point where he's, he, he sees stuff and he's had enough. You can tell he, his hand is on you. You can see it over at looking back. So at one point I was, um, drinking pretty hard. I was married at the time. I had two kids and I, I remember we had gotten an argument and I was sitting in a hotel room and I just got in a room. I just, I just wanted to get away from everybody. So I had a, I had a half a gallon of, of whiskey left. And I remember I, I looked up, it was a Saturday. I looked at, I was laying on the bed and I, to my right was the Bible and to my left, normal to my left was the Bible. And to my right was, was the whiskey. And I looked at both sides and I says, I'm going to church tomorrow. So I called my two daughters up. I said, I'm picking you up. I'm going to church. And I'm like, okay. Because at that time I had my daughter, my oldest daughter in, in parochial school. She, so I knew enough to put her in a school. It was a Catholic school. So anyway, we picked them up, went to church. Little did I know the guy, the pastor, he was finishing up a 40-day fast. And his wife was, was Dominican Republican. So he says, he's standing there. And I'm per, I didn't know anything about fasting. And he says, does anybody here wants to get rid of bitterness? And something in me jumped. And I'm like, I'm looking around. And so I, I got up. And it was me and this other guy, Hispanic guy. We we're the only two up there. And he hit that Hispanic guy. And he, and he just started saying something. And he came to me. And he put his hand right in front of my stomach and didn't touch me. And all he said was, get out. Come out of him. And I could feel something coming up, literally manifesting it. It's just, get out of him. And then he put his hand he pulled it back and then he came back towards my stomach and then and I accepted the Lord right then and there and I was like and then and so I'm, I sat back down I'm thinking what what was that and what happened was his brother had a, a gift for baptizing people in the Holy Spirit so he comes up to me he says hey pastor introduced me to him hey this is my brother would you know like would you like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit I said yeah sure I didn't know what it was yeah I'll take it I was open for it and he, something, he, the Holy Spirit hit me, and I'm on my knees crying like a baby. Holler, holler, I'm just on my knees, just crying, something released. And I, I must have been there for 15 minutes just bawling. And that, you got to remember, Helen, at the time, I was training up for special forces, and I was four or five hours a day I was training in the gym. I was reading all the commando books. I was hard charging and this is what their this is what their their father they, their kids saw their father. He was a hard charging military guy who would drink. And only time I could tell my kids I love them was when I was drunk. And so I'm on my knees, and then I looked up. Where's my kids? And they're out in the hallway crying because they saw their dad. They thought dad had lost his mind. I'm on my knees crying, and that's and that was the game. That that was the start. That was the result of people praying for me, and, I, and that's where it was game on from there. How old were How old were your kids at the time? My oldest was they're eleven years apart. So my youngest was was four. My oldest was I think she was fifteen. And so, how old were you at that moment? I was in my late thirties, late mid thirties. I was it was October it was October two thousands when it happened. So it took a while from the moment that you thought you became a Christian and to the moment you yeah. actually had an encounter with God. And so you were uh, training for special forces. So did you end up going into special forces after that salvation experience? Yeah, right after that, it was not long after that, October 2009, when one hit. And so I was training up for 
several years for special forces that went through selection. And you go down, it's a long process, and you go down to uh, North Carolina, Fort Bragg. That's where you do most of your training. And so little did I know, all hell broke loose when when something happens. But the Lord, know it, he knew I needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just know it because warfare started. Literally, I lost everything. Because two weeks, not long after that, I got saved, and maybe less than a year later, well, I was, it was two weeks after nine one. It was not long after nine one one hit, and we got the call: "Hey, we're going to be mobilized." And I didn't know if I was going to Iraq or anywhere in the world. And I remember I got in like a little spat with my then wife, my now ex-wife, and she says, "By the way, hey, I got I filed for a divorce." And I was just like two weeks before I was supposed to leave, and I'm like. Okay, but I was so basking in his presence, it didn't it didn't bother me. I mean, I, I literally I lost everything. My 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 guns were stolen. My two dogs got sick. The job I had at the, the pharmaceutical, they all of a sudden said, "Well, we're going to let you go." It was, but all, through that whole experience, even my stock, it, it was they were cooking the books on my stock. It dropped overnight in half. It, it was so I got hit with some stuff. But the but the Lord showed me His presence at the through the whole time. Appeared for a period. He He showed me His hand was on me. So it it, it was just His timing was it, it was impeccable. And He told me once He said, "I'll take care of your kids. Don't worry about it. You just follow me." I'm like, "Okay, that's your promise." So that's what happened. It was a, a it was it, it was a, it was an experience where you most people or if you didn't have his presence there, that honeymoon mountaintop experience, I don't know what would have happened because I literally I lost everything. At one point I was homeless because I was finished the course and I didn't have any job. I was off the orders. I'm like, I'm sitting in my truck in Fort Bragg. I'm like, okay, Lord, where do I go? I don't have anything. All my stuff, whatever I had was in stores. I'm sitting, I was like, what do you want me to do? What You got to tell me something. And then he just told me, he gave me some instructions. Hey, go live in this campsite. Actually, it was a, it was a, a cabin. For a while, and then he put me on a for, my first forty day fast, and then it was game on. After that, and he just told me stuff, and he put people across your path to, to help you out along the way, give you mentor your, uh, you know, words of encouragement. Because I was a young believer, but I was, you know, it was wow on fire. Forty day fast is pretty impressive for a young believer. Was this um, yeah. a challenge? Tell me a little bit what you experienced no. through that forty day fast. It was it was easy because he did it. What he would he did he primed me first. He would put a couple of people across my path who had done it, and so I would watch them and listen to how, how what happened. And so at the time I was dipping tobacco, I would dip smokeless tobacco, and then I remember the day he 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 told me he said it's time to stop, and I was by I said one more dip before I start this, and he says nope stop. So I dip so is do it that like sport. chewing tobacco. I don't know what that yeah. Yeah, dipping is like a, it's a, you put it here in your lip and you just suck on it. Okay. It's tobacco. And so he says, nope, that's it. So he literally took that urge away. And so doing that whole time for me, that first fast was, it was, it was really quiet. It was, he would, he would just, I would just pray in the spirit, read the word. And it was really quiet, but he would have me do stuff for people. I would go out and pray for people in a, in a checkout line, just late. And one time he had me go to a restaurant and this guy just happened to be there. Uh, and his wife was in the hospital and the Lord told me, 
give them a, a word of knowledge. Hey, put some worship music in her hospital room. She's going to be all right. I just met the guy. And then he had me, I don't eat pork, so he had me go help his old guy uh, uh, clean his, his barbecue pit that they did pork, you know, roast. I'm like, what's, why are you doing this? But he would have me do stuff for people. And it wasn't about me. It was about him. And so I remember, because I told him, I said, I, I need you to, if there's anything I want, I, I, I can't humble myself, so I need you to help me. And so that's what happened. So it was quiet. And so the whole time, the 40 day, the, last, the day that I broke it, I was done, he told me something that just rocked me. And he says, because I wanted to see some, you know, hear people, all the, their finances just started exploding after this, all these experiences, but hey, nothing happened. But he took care of me. And so the day that I broke it, he said, he simply said, trust me in all manner of finance. That's all he said. And I'm laughing. I'm crying. I said, you couldn't have told me that the first day. But that's what he told me. He says, trust me in all manner of finance. And it's like, wow, that's it was so profound, but it was so simple. And so I've carried that. And so every and I've, I've done like six of them. I'll, now he's has it's an annual thing where he says, this is your lifestyle. And it's always he told me early on, when you pray, it's more powerful when you pray for things other than yourself. He says it's much more powerful. He says, I'm addressing your issues. I'm going to tell you how to pray for other people and other things. And so, and then, and when you pray, just go to the next because it's on my hit list. So it's easy for me to do that. And so he has me do it. For, that day I met you guys up there, I was, I was on my, I was on the fast. So it was, uh, it, it's easy. Wow. Wow. I have never heard anyone say that the 40 day fast is easy. So you're the yeah. first one. <laughs> yeah. Because it's supernatural. It's like, okay, Amen. It's, it, Amen. It's, it's a, it, it's a battle to spiritually the first seven days because you got the, you not only your flesh screaming, you got the, the, the enemy doesn't want you to do it. You just tell them to shut up. And so the Lord gives me verses every now and then the silence of voices and Take every cap, every thought captive, and it be this Christ Jesus, and then the secret. And so you do just water. You don't you don't eat or drink anything else. Just water. No, I I might eat some matzo when I partake in communion, but typically it's water. Every now I might have one time last year. He says, "Don't drink any tea or coffee." I'm like, okay, and it was easy. So I would drink water, but then I had to now I had to start putting a little electrolytes in because you you start cramping. But that's that's basically it. But it's so. But I will tell you, it's it's everybody doesn't have to do it. It's something he's had me have me do it because it's always for stuff more than me. It's not me. It's 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 with him. Amen. That's that's quite a quite a testimony in itself. Yeah. So you ended up right after nine one one. You ended up eventually in Iraq. What year was that? I was there in two thousand four. Five and it was and I remember I I walked into the office one day. I says I want to go. I because I, I tried to go to Panama. I tried to go to these other hot spots. I tried to go to Desert Storm and just wasn't happening. So I remember that that was when I went to Iraq the first time. I I went to went first. So I was in the office. I went in Fort Bragg. I said, Hey, look, I want to go to. I want the hardest, dirtiest, nastiest job location to go in Iraq. And they says okay. So they sent me to. Uh, some areas in in, 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 in in Iraq and it was and I, I loved it 
believe it or not, I, I, it, it, I, I, it was more that realized I, I was praying for people over there. I, I did my first Passover, well, not my first, but I did a Passover in one of Saddam's palace in Babylon. <laughs> so we were doing Passover in, his, in, in, in Iraq. Well, you know, it's interesting because you were there the same time we were there. So, <laughs> really, two thousand and four. Yes, that's really. We got trapped in Baghdad during the Fallujah crisis. So that was um, oh. March two thousand and four. So where were you during that time? I was I was um, in Taji, but we were operating. I was in a small base in Adamia, and so I was in. And we were the big base is Taji, but we were in a little small. It was so small when they would shoot the mortar rounds that they 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 would fly over our base. It was in Adamia, and it was a little hole in the wall. <laughs> you weren't in Baghdad at that moment. But that's Baghdad proper. Baghdad it's it's not far from Buba, Yeah, it's not far from Bubasham and Camp Victory, and um, we would go to the Green Zone a lot just for for stuff. But yeah, I know you were exactly not in the Green Zone. <laughs> Oh, you know, I bet you were. And so it was quite an interesting experience, but probably the most profound experience in my life as far as God's protection, because it was very, very unlikely. We literally were surrounded. We couldn't get out of Baghdad because um, all the roads leading into Baghdad were. Uh, there was fighting going on, and we drove oh, yeah. into Baghdad from Amman through the desert. So wow. that was the only way that we could go out. But that highway was overtaken by the Fallujah Battle of Fallujah. So ah. it was a very, very tricky situation. And God just showed His sovereignty and protection in a way wow. like I have not experienced before or since you know this was Whoa. this was that moment that you go back to you know when when you yeah. need to a boost of your faith or, or exactly. trust um they, these are important moments in your life but um interesting so you must have had some experiences um uh in uh, while serving in Iraq that um mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps God gave you an opportunity to touch someone else's life with that type of experience that you had. Yeah, I would. Um, in fact, one of my I had several turbans. I was civil affairs, so which is, um, is it's it's one of those parts of the, uh, the special operations aspect. But civil affairs, we would go and engage the people. Our, so our job was to go out and hang out with the populace to build those relationships. So we would go in there and I remember praying for this one Kurdish guy. He literally had lost his whole family. He didn't know where they were at. And we, we just assumed his, his, his family was dead. So I wind up praying for him outside of a gate. Uh, but every time I, well, my interpreters, when they would come with me, we would go out on mission. We were out on, we were out on the road every day. It was just, that's, that's the, that's just, we loved it. And so but what we did, though, my interpreters, they knew we would before we even when we geared up and we before we left that wire, we would have our we always would go out on a four, three or four vehicle Humvee. But we would always pray. We would lay hands on our vehicles and we would pray, and then we would pray when we got back. And they were right there with us, so they saw some of the stuff that was happening because they they knew that. 
we we had protection because they'd be I'd go someplace I wouldn't even wear my Kevlar I'd be walking down the street with another Rocky just to build that common ground and like what are you doing I says don't worry about it. God's got me so we would just there was places sometimes where we should you know IAD would go off and we would just go just drive right past that and then another convoy behind us would get hit with the IAD and we knew we were protected and so. But I would go into people's homes and 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 just and, and eat food with them in their houses, and I would. But little did they know, I was praying in the spirit every everywhere I was going. And so I don't know, and I know it was changing the atmosphere. Uh, you had to, but I would pray for key people that God would put across my path. Uh, even my team, they you know they 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 saw, they they knew where I came from, and this is he's real. And so that, and I went back another game. I went back to Iraq again. So, um, and, and, and so I would, and I, I really had another, I, that was more intense the second time because I, I, I knew I was more focused on things of the Lord. <laughs> it was like, okay, it's, it's, you, you, you're looking, you're really looking harder for targets of opportunity for, for me to pray for people. And I would pray over kids and I would just start praying in the spirit and they're looking at me like, what are you saying? But I'm just praying over them, releasing a blessing over them. Um, and they didn't know that at the time. So it, it was it was it was a good experience. I will tell you, I'm so thankful that I was able to go because it opened up my my aperture to the on a, for a global the, the global scale. Literally, God was preparing me for for missions trips. I mean, because that wasn't on my radar scope, but I was like. It, it changes you when you go in another country. It just, it really opens up your perspective, especially when you, when it's a gospel perspective. I, I had no idea. I yeah. mean, I look at uh, missions as God's warfare, you know, <laughs> so yes. you were involved in the natural warfare as a soldier. Yes. And then uh, you are engaged as a Christian in a spiritual warfare because yes. uh, we literally take over the enemy's territory when we go to the nations that do not know God. The majority of people doesn't know Christ. You know, you're yes. entering the enemy's territory. You're, you're going yeah. into a spiritual war. And I think... Yeah. Uh, it's it's beautiful to see, and we've uh, had several people, you know, that traveled with us on the mission field who um, went to a country as a, a military person and then returned to that country as yes. a soldier for Christ. And I think that's uh, that's really beautiful. I, I can only yeah. imagine that it has to be a very powerful uh, spiritual experience. Yes. I don't remember when that the trip I went with your husband to Nepal, it came down between Nepal or northern Iraq. And and that literally that was a birthday present the Lord had gave me years ago. He says, I'm going to send you to my dark places to pull out my apostles and prophets. And so the day that Danny called me and asked me what I if he if if he, he wanted the Lord put it on his heart to to say to sponsor me on my first missions trip. He says, Where do you want to go? I'm like, Well, Where's 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 it the darkest? That's where I want to go. He said, and, I, and they said Northern Rock. I'm like, oh man, I, I really want to go there, man. But they said it's really dark. No one wants to go to Nepal. I said, well, that's where I want to go, <laughs> and that's where I met your husband. It was like, and it was it was like this is yeah, this is this is it right here. Well, um, it's beautiful, um, you know what you just said because 
I see um, how surrendered you are to God. You know, I, yeah. I would think, oh, of course, I want to go to the place, you know, where I served in the military and now yeah. serve the Lord there. And yet you truly followed God's guidance at that moment, you know, and chose a, yeah. a harder assignment. And so yeah. uh, I think I think God is very pleased when we when we surrender our own desires, even with the best of intentions, but exactly. surrender our own desires to His. So, um, has there been one particular person uh, in yeah. in your life experience that you felt like you were able to either lead to Christ or really drastically mm-hmm. change their life? And maybe there oh, were yeah. many. Yes, it was it was it was it was a few. But one of the biggest things was the was I pray that whoever hears this or sees this, they they, they, they you don't have to be all that to 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 uh, to, to walk with the, to witness for to be a witness for the Lord, and I, I think it was maybe maybe six months as a young believer, I was working for this after I left this pharmaceutical company, I was working for a small little hole in the wall company. And they made me like a team leader. So I would open the store, the shop up, and they made these injection moldings for seat cushions. And I remember I, I was I, w- I was just so immersed in the Holy Spirit, and I would just pray and everything. And they all, so they, everybody knew I was a believer, even the owner. And I remember I came in to open up the shop on a Sunday morning. And I was it was just me and this other guy, which just came in there. And he, he, and I hadn't even, I was, my job was to start up all the machines and do all the pre-checks. And he comes up to me, he said, Hey, Tony, uh, can you pray for me? I said, yeah, what's going on, man? He says, well, I just had a gun in my head. I was going to blow my brains out the night before. Can you pray for me? I says, what? He says, yeah. Can you pray for me? Me and my wife had an argument. So I'm like, okay. So I didn't even know how to lead the guy to the Lord. So I called the pastor on the phone. I said, hey, man, uh, how do you leave the guy to the Lord? He said he tried to kill himself last night. He said, oh, this is what you say. This is the Lord's Prayer. And right when I started, Helen, the one machine I had just started, the hydraulic line all of a sudden just pops off and the hydraulic fluid's flying. And I knew the enemy was trying to stop this. So I went over there and turned it off. I came back and all the stuff was happening. I said, Lord, I ask you to send your angels to, to surround us. And, she, and right there... You could feel his peace come, and I knew they were on. They were on. They were surrounding us. You could just sense the, the shalom there, and I led the guy to the Lord right there on the spot. Um, and he was about to kill himself the night before. And I'm and I'm I and I I'll never forget, as we're talking I'll never forget that. And you you don't have to you don't have to be have a PhD in, in, in theology. You just have to have the PhD in God's love and his grace, how much he loves you. And it's easy. And, and, and so there's been other times where I've, we, we've been in prisons and I've ministered to a guy. He had at least on record 20 kills as an assassin. And I'm praying with this guy. I had a word of knowledge for him and God just hit him. And another guy in the prison, this guy, he, he used to be a pastor. And he wind up, he felt his wife betrayed him and he wind up killing her. He had a lot of condemnation and guilt on him, and I just gave him a word. I said, "Lord says you got to forgive yourself and forgive them. They'll never be able to pay you back what they owe you. Let them go." And he just starts bawling right there in the prison, and that was a word from the Lord. And, and so to see that on the spot, um, how how much God loves even where you're at it doesn't matter. He He loves you, 
you can't put you can't you can't put any uh, scale on it amount how much he loves us. And so when you see, go ahead. I I just think it's incredible, Tony. All those uh, uh, testimonies that you shared, and I know there are many. I got to observe you ministering in prayer to the people who came to our Greater Purpose Conference a couple of months ago, and I noticed right away the gift that you have in praying for people. Of course, now knowing about your 40-day annual fast, that explains a lot. (laughs) And uh, I look forward to you ministering on the prayer team at the next Greater Purpose Conference. Um, because, uh, you know, you, you bring yourself into this alignment. I feel like, um, I have not yet done a 40 day fast. Uh, that's something on, uh, my, um, spiritual to-do list, if you will, you know, I have, uh, I have done uh, 21 day fasts and three day fasts and different lengths, but not yet the 40 day fast, but I've always, I uh, had the desire to build myself up to that yeah. part. So I will be probably asking you for some. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. On how to prepare yourself for that. Yeah. But um, I look forward to your ministry in prayer and at the Amen. Great Purpose Conference and hopefully more missions adventures together. Tony's story shows us the importance of an intimate relationship with God. Without the Holy Spirit, trials like what Tony faced are catastrophic. But with the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that we can face that can stop us from finding peace through Christ. In the same way, a 40-day fast to gain a special intimacy with God seems like an impossible challenge. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can keep the commitment and discover the treasures of this practice. At World Missions Alliance, we believe that changed lives change lives. If you would like to learn more about what we do and how you can get involved, please visit our website, rfwma.org. If you're a regular listener of this podcast and you enjoy it, if it encourages you and brings you closer to God, please consider supporting us. You can do it very easily by going to the Give page on our website, and that would be rfwma.org slash forward give. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Limitless Spirit Podcast. Until next time, I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit Podcast is produced by World Missions Alliance. We believe that changed lives change lives. If you want to see your life transformed by Christ's love, Or if you want to help those who are hurting and hopeless and discover your greater purpose in serving Christ through short-term missionary work, check out our website, rfwma.org, and find out how to get involved.